Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Mark Thompson. Get woke. God bless you. Get woke. Folks, MIP is now COVID free, meaning free to all subscribers as we navigate this pandemic. We're thinking about everyone and we've got to get through this together. So for a limited time, no fee to subscribe to make it plain on your favorite podcast app. We have some news today. It's Thursday. That means it's time for Thursday Coast. And we love not only Daily Coast, but Civics with a Q. Polls. We've got some big news here. And as always, the founder of Daily Coast and Civics joins us once again on Make It Plain, as he has for years. The, they're announcing today, Civics and Daily Coast, um, that Biden is on track to sweep Florida, Minnesota, and Nevada. OMG, can it be? Marcos Melissa is here with us. Hey, man, this is real. Is this really real? It's it's real. It's happening. I mean, Nevada and North and Minnesota were never really in play, but there was a sort of weird, I don't know, fantasy in in the Trump campaign that they could win them, and they were close states in 2016. But we haven't seen any indication that they're close. This year, Democrats swept races in those states in 2018. So it really is um, it, it's surprising that a campaign that is as mismanaged and cash poor and broke as the Trump campaign wasted that much money in those states. Our polling has confirmed what everybody else's polling has already seen, and that's 
that those states are just not competitive. Florida is the interesting one. Plus four in Florida. Buying plus four in Florida. And that is right smack in the middle of the polling consensus. Everybody sees Biden leading uh, Trump by about four points in Florida. Now, we can't never depend on Florida to do the right thing because Florida is going to break our hearts every time we need to uh, depend on Florida. But this is why Florida is important. Florida and North Carolina and uh, um, and uh, I think of the of the battleground states, Florida and North Carolina are the ones that are going to report on election night. And if Biden wins them, then there's no drama. There is, first of all, they're, they're East Coast states, so we can all sort of like relax and enjoy the rest of the evening. But two, we know that the Trump plan is to is to try to stop the count of mail ballots, right? So we know that in Michigan and Pennsylvania and in Wisconsin that they have about three, four days after the election to keep counting ballots. And right. their strategy is to come in and say like nothing should be counted after election night. It's a bullshit strategy blatantly unconstitutional, but look at the Supreme Court we have. Look at the courts, right? They've all been packed specifically. And if uh, if Barrett gets seated, they will have the vote to basically subvert democracy in any way that they won't see uh, please. So it's important that we win Florida and North Carolina and Georgia because they are going to report on election night. And if that happens, then it really doesn't matter what happens in Michigan, Ohio, uh, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin. We know Trump will lose and his ability to do chaos and the ability of his militia, uh, right wing militia like the Proud Boys, their ability to do chaos and engage in violence will be severely limited. So Biden plus four in Florida, incredibly encouraging. Last week we had Biden plus five in North Carolina, same thing. Uh, we also had Biden plus two in Georgia. Georgia is very, very tight. Uh, and again, this, these these civics polls are not in any way outliers, right? This is very much in the polling consensus that Biden has a small but real lead in Florida, Georgia, and North Carolina. And if we can win them on election night, the ability for Trump to create trouble is almost completely erased. We only need one of those. Just one of those. Uh, if Yeah, if we win Florida and lose Georgia, North Carolina, don't matter. Like, there's no map that Trump has that he can win. Uh, if Same thing with North Carolina. Um, if we know North Carolina, we can lose Pennsylvania, we can lose Michigan, we can lose Wisconsin, and we still win the election. So that's the, the keys. Can we get to 270 electoral votes on election night? And keep in mind, it's not fair. Nothing about this is fair. This is total BS that we have to try to win with the electoral votes on election night, as opposed to just letting the votes be counted. But this is the, the situation we're in now, and this is why uh, I specifically have been starting to agitate for a democracy agenda in 2021 if we win, and if we win the Senate, to create uniform national voting standards so that we can actually have elections that are decided by votes as yeah. opposed to whatever legal maneuvering and hostile Supreme Court decides. Interesting. Um why don't I feel confident about Florida? I mean, it's, it's, it's Florida. 
<laughs> Florida, Florida, will, Florida will always break your heart if you need it. And the good thing is we don't need it. What it does is it would deliver sort of a killing blow to Trump really early in the evening and lessen his ability to create chaos. That's the advantage that we have. But we, I mean, the way that the map looks, there's just no way Trump wins a fair fight. I mean, we can all look and go like, we don't live in a fair world, and that's true. But in a fair fight, like, there's no way Biden loses at this point, absent people just saying, like, I'm really not going to vote. And I don't see any liberal right now saying I'm not going to vote. And we're seeing that in the early numbers. I mean, the early numbers are just astronomically strong for Democrats right now. So now, in didn't the Supreme Court rule this week on Pennsylvania? They did, yeah. So isn't that foretelling? Because they said that Pennsylvania could have those extra days like it normally would have to count the absentee and mail-in ballots. But that was... And then Amy's not on there yet either, so... Is she not only is yeah, she, it's actually a terrifying decision for two reasons. Okay. One, Amy's not on there, right? So and she will likely be on there, and that will be the fifth vote. Even worse, there is precedent in the Supreme Court to give states leeway in interpreting their own um their own voting laws. Like the Supreme and the and the Pennsylvania Supreme Court had upheld the, the current status that votes can be counted after after the after the election and they can be received for up to three, four days. And there's a couple of things in there. The state Supreme Court said state law allows this. The Supreme Court, the U.S. Supreme Court should have said, we're not even touching this. It's been decided by the states. And there were four conservatives that supposedly believe in states' rights, right? right. About federalism, who said, no, in this case, we're going to meddle in the electoral decisions of a state. And this is exactly what happened in Bush v. Gore. And the Bush v. Gore decision specifically says, do not use this decision as precedent. And what do these four Republicans use? They use that that Bush v. Gore decision because it's total bullshit, right? It's utter horse crap. And for a Supreme Court to say, we're going to decide it this way, but don't ever use this again. Sorry, it's, a, it's the giveaway. Like, they're not even going to try to justify this in any rational basis. 2000 Bush v. Gore was a partisan decision. And that court right now, four of those Republicans on that court decided that they were going to overthrow state law and state Supreme Court's interpretation for their own. And now there, there's, there's, there's a theory that if Barrett was on that court, that then Gorsuch would then side with, with the liberals that, um, because, uh, it would be a, utterly terrible decision and how could they possibly let it happen right i'm not i mean it's it, uh, to me that's utterly uh, um unsupported argument you're really hoping that gorsuch will decide that democracy when he literally just voted against it um i don't have that uh definitely i don't have that hope and i think we need a clear convincing victory early in the evening to avoid months of chaos and litigation. We may still win in the end, right? Even with the Supreme Court, even with Verit on it, we may still win. But can we really survive another, you know, three, four months of utter chaos and mayhem and Trump being Trump? Like, I, I just, I, we can't, right? So as liberals, this idea that, oh, you know, Biden's winning, so everybody's going to take it easy. Like, I just don't see it. And I don't see it in the early voting numbers. 
uh, I don't see it in the money being raised by candidates up and down the ballot because people realize they can't take anything for granted anymore and they're going to fight to the very last second. And so this is why leading in North Carolina and Florida and Georgia is so encouraging because early in the evening, they would just take the sail out of the, take the wind out of the sails of any Bush, uh, Bush uh, any Trump effort to try to sow chaos. And it would also deflate his own supporters, which I think it's also just as important to take out that anger. Aren't we also seeing that the numbers of those voting early and mailing in um, are increased Democratic numbers from 2016, at least. They're, we're, Democrats are voting at a higher number early in mailing. Is that not the case? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's off the charts night and day. Now, some of it is because now states have made it easier to vote by mail and to vote early, right? So it's not an apples to apples comparison. What is interesting though, is that historically, older voters vote early, and the closer you get to election day, the vote skews younger, right? Younger people are more likely to to um, to procrastinate, and younger people are more likely to be Democratic. And we're not seeing that this time. We're seeing every Democrats in general are voting at astronomical rates. And here's the here's the the flip side of it: Republican turnout as a percentage is way down. Trump has spent so much time railing against early voting and vote by mail that he has suppressed his early vote. And we saw that in a polling where people, Republicans over time said they're less and less likely to vote early. What that means is that they need an election day turnout, massive election day turnout. And that's not to say that they can't do it, right? Like nobody's, but the problem with that is one, the campaign is broke. So their ability to even fund a proper get-out-the-vote operation is certainly in doubt. And I would go even further than that. I would say I'm suspicious that they've even built one because that was supposed to be Brad Parscale. And, you know, he, he got he got booted. And it's clear that he siphoned tens of millions of dollars from the Trump campaign for his own personal gain. And he lied about, I mean, we know about the Tulsa rally, right? A billion people were going to show up, right? 6,000 people showed up. So... I don't believe anything anymore that comes out of Trump camp. So is that turnout machine? Does it even exist? I, you know, I think there's a better than even odds that it doesn't. But what if there's bad weather? What if it, you know, you get ice storm in, in Ohio? The Republican vote is predominantly older. Are they really going to turn out on election day with fears of COVID? Particularly since we're seeing this, in, this huge, horrible spiking cases that uh, in predominantly red counties. So there's all these factors that could conspire to hurt Donald Trump and Republican turnout on election day. Now, most of his people will vote. I mean, we can just assume that. But we are on this knife's edge, right? On one side, it's a 50-50 Senate. Like, you know, we, we've got a pretty good 50-50 Senate. They get decent turnout. Our reach states are difficult states. There are states like South Carolina and Texas and uh, Montana and Alaska. If Republicans get decent turnout, they should win those seats. Turn things one or two points in the other direction, because either we turn out that many more people 
or they, you know, one to two percent of uh, the Republican vote can't make it to the polls on election day, whether it's weather, whether it's COVID, whether they just die. You know, people, there's a mortality rate like every month and, and Republican supporters are older, more likely to, to die before election day. There's a lot of reasons that they can lose one or two points. That could be the difference between a 50-50 Senate and a 55-45 Democratic majority. That's how close we are to a massive, just, I don't what what's bigger than a wave, what's bigger than a tidal wave, right? Like, we are that close to it. So this idea that we're going to relax because Joe Biden's got it, there's a lot more on the ballot than Joe Biden. People realize it. And what I love is that a lot of red state Democrats finally have a reason to fight, and they are. Places like South Carolina, Texas Democrats. My God, this is like the dream come true. And the early vote in Texas is unbelievable. I mean, in Harris County, which is Houston, already with two weeks still left to go before the election, they've already gotten, I think it's about 65% of the 2016 Harris County vote. It's already in. And we still have two weeks to go. So they're going to blow by 2016 numbers, Dallas County, it's the same thing. Travis County, which is Austin, same thing. I mean, you're seeing these numbers, these early vote numbers that are just astronomical. So to me, it's I'm, I'm heartened by the Democratic turnout, which, of course, we need to get our vote out. But I'm also really interested in how Trump has suppressed his own vote and if that will come back and bite them. Because like I said, we're so close to having a good, you know, turning a good night into the best night. Mm-hmm. I guess there's one thing that concerns me, Marcos, is that GOP voter registrations are up in some states above Democrats. And I'm not sure how that happened. That is troublesome because the traditional Democratic Party, you know, before uh, things became more driven by consultants, and we learned this from the Jesse Jackson campaigns and tutelage is that you register new voters based upon the number you need for your margin of victory. That was always a rule. We never took anything for granted, never totally uh, put all our eggs in the basket of who voted the last cycle. Just in case, let's register new voters. And, you know, it seems like Democrats may have gotten away from that if Republicans, if it's true, Republicans are out here actually registering more people for November 3rd. And that's that troubles me somewhat. So the I mean, I've seen that in Florida. I don't know what other states um, and I'm sure, you know, there might be other states, but Florida is instructive. And, and I think we've actually seen it in a couple of southern states. What you're seeing is that historical traditional Democrat, uh, Democrats who used to be Dixocrats, right, racist white people, are finally flipping their, because of Donald Trump, they're finally flipping their, their registration to Republican. So the data I've seen, none of it suggests that you're seeing more Republicans, new entrants into the system Republicans. What you're seeing is, is, is an actual uh, correction. Because Kentucky... It, you know, Kentucky's majority Democrat. If you look at by voter registration, there are like a million more Democrats than there are Republicans. But they're not Democrats. They're 75-year-old white racist men who, you know, supported a racist Democratic Party. Civil rights happened. They started voting Republican. 
but they're not going to waste their time changing their voter registration. So uh, you're seeing that realignment. And what's interesting is that also there was a uh, hatred of the Republican Party by the Tea Party crowd. So I've always said independence, you know, the independent vote is, is BS because they all skew one way or the other, right? Independents are Tea Party, Republican conservatives, or they can be Bernie Sanders liberals. And so independent just means I'm not going to put my name on that party because I'm I'm too good or I'm too pure or whatever, right? Sure. You're seeing a lot of Tea Party people who were registered independent now flipping the Republicans because Donald Trump makes it now. That's their party, right? Like, okay, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, you know, somebody who's out and out racist and stupid like Donald Trump is my kind of party. So it's not necessarily new voters that may actually skew. And then if you look at the at the numbers, of course, you know, Democrats are dramatically outperforming Republicans in Florida, just like in anywhere else. I mean, it's not even close. And uh, and the way Republican the Republicans will say, well, they're cannibalizing their election day vote. Of course they are, right? We're just voting earlier. Um, but we're locking in those votes. And if you look at the age ranges in places like Florida and Georgia and North Carolina that track by age, it's interesting is that you're seeing younger voters voting at incredibly high rates already. And remember, historically, they vote later in the cycle. So they're coming out early, which bodes really, really, really well for it. The one age group that is underperforming in those three states, interestingly enough, is uh, Gen Xers, like the 40 to 60 range. Hmm. Uh, I think that's our generation, right? You're a Gen X. I'm Gen X. Um, Gen X is the, uh, it's the Reagan generation. They are more conservative than you know the millennials and the and the uh the, the young young ones the generation y whatever they're called now uh and boomers are smaller and smaller cohort right i mean they're they're um, they're aging out of the electorate and uh so i i'm assuming that 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 generation x that's that republican vote that will turn out on election day so that's the only group but everybody else is is you know seniors are doing what they always do they vote and they're voting at high numbers but the the under 40 crowd is voting at a really healthy clip right now. They're exceeding their rates from six from four years ago. That is really, really good sign for us. Um, so yeah, the voter registration stuff, I actually, and I've dug into it, at least in Florida, I haven't seen anything in there that makes me think, oh crap, this is not a good. It just means to realignment and it's deep party or it's gonna vote. They were gonna vote for Trump anyway. As usual, your analysis and your information makes me feel better. That's why I asked it. So that's company. What, if anything, needs to happen in this final debate? Um, I mean, I think if Trump does what he did before, I don't think that helped him. I don't think it will help him to continue to do that. Is there anything? I know you said debates really don't change anything. But is anything Biden can do? That can, you know, maybe help him out a little bit. I don't know. Is it even worth the energy? Yeah, yeah. Um, that's a good question. You know, it's it's going back in our own internal data at Civics. That week cost Donald Trump two points, which again doesn't seem like a lot, but two net points is in because things don't change, right? But that week was that crazy week where you had, you know, they had a debate, and then Melania Trump hated Christmas, and then Donald Trump got COVID. I mean, it was just the most insane week, and that cost him two points. And I don't think the debate, I mean, I think the debate actually was part of that. Maybe it didn't singularly 
cost them two points, but it was part of that, like, we can't take this anymore feeling. And there was slippage. And again, I'm telling you, two points, if we can get another two points in the Democratic direction, it goes from a good night to the best night anybody could have ever imagined. So we're that close. So I'm, I'm actually really, I'm assuming Trump's going to be Trump. Nobody can tell him what to do. Uh, he's all lizard brain. He's going to be an a-hole. We know that. We just know that. What I would like to see from Biden, though, is he fell into the trap that first debate of looking at Donald Trump and started to answer his heckling. Right. Particularly when he started heckling on, on Hunter Biden. Right. Mm-hmm. And you, there was a moment where he was, you know, he, he was responding to Trump and then his his debate prep kicked in. Right. And he like suddenly stopped. He looked at the camera and he said, this is not about his family. It's not about my family. It's about your family. And that was a really, really good moment. So I would love to see him not even acknowledge Trump and just look at the camera and let Donald Trump, you know, do his thing off from the side, you know, blah, 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 heckle, heckle. And he's just saying, you know, I'm here for your family and this is what matters and we need a government that's looking out for you, et cetera, et cetera. And let him be the a-hole because it clearly does not reflect on him. It doesn't win him any votes. The We've talked about this before. The key swing constituency are suburban, college-educated white women. And there's still gains to be made there. I mean, the, the numbers haven't shifted. And they've shifted, but we're talking like five, six points. Mm. I mean, not a lot. And that was enough to create this Democratic wave in 2018. What if we can shift it another five points there, right? And just like obliterate them in the suburbs. And so I really want to see Biden refuse to even acknowledge Trump. Don't even look in that direction. Look at the camera. Talk to the American people. Because he's good at it when he does that. He can be very, very, very good at it. It's not good when he he gets sucked in. And Trump is good at it. I I get it. (laughs) Trump is a great troll. And he just clearly burrows into Biden's brain and Hunter Biden and blah, 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 right? And just heckling from this side. Just ignore him. Yeah, just, just ignore him. Um, and look, they they try to put another Hunter Biden story out. It's a little day late and a dollar short. But now we've got, so first we had Jeffrey Tubin on a Zoom call. And now there's video <laughs> of Giuliani. He's married, right? Yeah. Remember mm-hmm. at the um, thing Trump had on the White House lawn, lawn during the convention? Yeah. And Rudy was sweating profusely. He wiped the sweat off his brow yeah. and then rubbed his wife's leg. That's now they right. may still be they may not still be together right now after that. Come think of it. I don't know. I haven't heard that they've broken up. <laughs> but if you or I did that, we'd be out on the curb. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's just basic consideration, right? I mean nasty. But then you're gonna do the fondling. It would have been more if it hadn't been for <laughs> Borat coming in and making his joke. And how old is Ju- is is Rudy? Besides being obese, oh. I don't get these it's, guys. And, and these are. I'm fifty three. I don't look like them, but I assume that twenty years old, twenty year olds don't want me, Marcos. I don't. Me. So I would go a step forward and say, why would you want a twenty year old? Well, that too. <laughs> I mean. I wouldn't even embarrass myself that way. You a big, fat, sweaty Rudy Giuliani, yeah. 
and it just become a caricature of yourself over the years. And you think a 20-something-year-old child, someone younger to be your grandchild, is interested in you, especially in that way. Well, forget that, man. When, when have we been with women our age that we meet for the first time and start following ourselves? Forget the age difference. Who does that? <laughs> I am fairly confident that I don't ever have to worry about being in that kind of compromising situation because it just wouldn't even occur to me, whether it's Tubin, whether it's Giuliani, yeah. any of this me too movement. I, I remember somebody somebody uh, saying, like, are you worried about dating in the Me Too era? And, and I was like, no, I'm not rapey. <laughs> I mean, it's not hard. Right. Right. It really isn't hard to be a gracious, considerate human being. But apparently for these guys, it is. But but how do we know? Okay, I don't know a woman 20, 30, 40, 50 that is interested in a man or attracted or, or, or pulled in by a man who fondles himself. I just, I've never met that person. Just even that. 20, 30, 40, <laughs> by young women. I don't know a 50-year-old woman. Who's your pay for it? Yeah. Hey, Mark, I want you to do that. No, that doesn't happen. So I don't, I don't get it. Um, <laughs> right. You're, you're unless, you're, unless you're paying for it, you know, and, and, uh, and who's, where's that happening in COVID? Anyway, I mean, folks, <laughs> um, so if that, that's going to come out, I would like to think that that drives even more women because it just continues to show perversion after perversion in Trump's camp. He's perverted. Giuliani's perverted. And, and the Christian right's going to claim to serve their people? Yeah. This is what the Christian no, right wants to rally around? Yeah. You're talking about me, too. That's, yeah. that's the thing. Okay. Folks, debate coming up. Um, this will be the last Thursday coast. We have no, we have one more. No, one we more. Thursday coast. Yeah. Next to the last Thursday coast before election day. Oh boy. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Next week we can get a lay of the land of what the, what the states are, what they're looking like. I think it would be good to okay. do one final scan through what our opportunities are. Folks, don't miss it. Thursday goes. It's close. Like work, people work so hard. We're so close into dramatically changing the direction of our country fundamentally. We can't do it with the 50-50 Senate. We can do it with the 55-45 Senate. Yeah. Don't stop, folks. Please, yeah. uh, voter suppression is still real. And I'm not worried. People aren't stopping. But yeah, what not, you're doing is working. I just what you're doing is working. People don't hear some of our optimism. I was on MSNBC and then I was saying, don't. They were had some very optimistic numbers. I said, "Well, don't don't be too optimistic that you don't go out and do what's necessary. Push it all the way yeah. um, to the very end." And there's still, I don't. I hope Democrats and I hope the Biden team. I hope we all have an imagination for what they may do on election night that we may not have thought about just yet. I mean, they we didn't expect two thousand. We There's a whole see. massive legal operation. I mean, the good thing about Republicans is that they, they talk too much, right? They tell you their dastardly plan. Like, we know they're going to try to stop the count on election night. Right. This is why winning isn't enough. we got to win by a lot. 
And if we can win those states that count on election night, like Florida and North Carolina and Georgia, if we can win those early, we may not need their electoral votes. It could save the country a lot of chaos, a lot of violence as well. So there's a lot of reasons to engage and vote and, and work hard and write postcards and make phone calls and knock on doors. There's so many ways to be involved, uh, to donate money. Let's all keep doing it until the very end. Marcos Melissa's Thursday Coast, DailyCoast.com, Civics with a Q.com. Thank you, buddy. Thank you so much. Have a great weekend. Let's all work hard. Talk to you next week. God, you are our refuge. Send our ancestors to guard our doors. Cast out this virus from our communities and our bodies. Heal, bless, and protect everyone listening and their loved ones. Thank you for listening to Make It Plain and Get Woke. Remember to listen, like, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. If all minds are clear, it has been Made Plain. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.